This podcast is part of the Big Heads Media Podcast Network. Go to BigHeadsMedia.com for more great podcasts. Spurs Nation, you're listening to a fucking Spurs podcast. On this episode, we have Maddie from SpursFanBlog.com, SpursFanBlog on Instagram. What is up, Matt? Hey, how's it going, man? Thanks for having me. No problem, man. We've been talking uh, to each other for a long time about collaborating on something, so it's good to finally have you join the pod. I know we've all been busy and stuff. Don't you tell us a little bit about uh, what's going on at SpursFanBlog.com? Yeah, well, it's a lot of exciting stuff. We just added uh, a new contributor, Harrison. He w- lives down in San Antonio, and he actually works at a university in, don't remember which one, but he works at a university in the athletics program, so he gets to do kind of write-ups of different college prospects, as you guys can see from our latest blog post, and it's been great. So we've been talking with him. We've been adding some other, other guys to it, and we've gotten some more um, subscribers, some more members, so... A lot of exciting stuff. Got a giveaway going on tonight, too, as well. We're giving away some Amazon gift cards and other Spurs gear throughout this pandemic. We want to, you know, give back to the Spurs community. We understand this is a difficult time for all of us, so, you know, we want to do what we can to help out. So make sure that you go check out SpursFanBlog.com. They're dropping a lot of great articles on that site. Um, follow their social media. They're like, like Matt just said, they're giving away Spurs gear and whatnot. Uh, so make sure to go give them a like, share, subscribe, a follow, do all that good stuff. Matt, the latest article on your on your website was about the 2020 NBA draft. Yep, that's right. Yeah, it's this is going to be probably the most interesting and important offseason the Spurs have, will have or have had in a long time. Um, I think it could really determine the direction of this team. You know, a lot of fans have been trying to say, like, we should tank or we should trade, you know, DeMar in L.A., and we'll go into that a little later. But, you know, there's a lot of interesting prospects. There's not really that one kind of franchise-changing player like, you know, a Zion Williamson or a John Morant. But, you know, there's a lot of, you know, solid role players that could, you know, be a big part of a playoff team. And it's going to be really interesting to see how the front office kind of handles this year. Are they going to try to you know trade up or trade down or you know just keep the group they have and just stick with the draft the pick that they have um like they have in the past they've proven they can draft well at just about any position so you know we'll we'll see what happens yeah do you think the the pressure is is on our gm i mean we've made a couple questionable moves in free agency i think in free agency we're still finding ourselves and trying to just get what we can get but when it comes to the draft like you said we've we've hit i mean we've hit our past six seven draft picks 
Um, there's always one or two in there that kind of doesn't pan out, but for the most part, uh, we're doing a pretty solid job there. And like you said, I mean, I was looking at the draft too last night. I was trying to look at draft boards and I mean, if the status quo stays where it's at right now, Matt, we're in what the 11th spot, 12th spot. Yeah, we're, that's, that seems to be where we're at right now. It's just as fans, we can all feel the frustration because we've seen what this team's capable of. I mean, they smacked the Milwaukee Bucks. They beat the Clippers, yep. the Rockets, uh, the Heat, the Raptors on the road. Like, yeah. all these teams are, you know, top-tier NBA teams. And then, you know, they go at home and blow hugely to the Hawks. They lose to the Cavs twice. Um, yep. can't think of many others at the top of my head, but I know they lost to, you know, the point is they lost to a lot of bottom-tier teams. So it's just... We've seen what this team is capable of, not just once, but many times, you know, when they're hitting on all cylinders. But then, you know, the next day we see what they're also capable of the other way, which is losing to the worst team in the NBA. So it's just, there was a lot of big consistencies last year with this team too. But, you know, they really started to hit their stride around this time, unfortunately. You know, right before the playoffs, they had that huge win streak. So that's why, you know, I think this draft is, is a very important one, you know, as far as the direction this team is going to head. I'm not necessarily... I'm not necessarily on team tank, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I'd be hard pressed to find that keeping the same roster, you know, this year to next year is going is the answer, you know? Yeah. Yeah. My argument on all that is, is the roster. I don't really have too much of a problem with it. I have a problem with where the minutes are going, right? You know, yeah. Gay's getting heavy minutes, Patty Mills getting heavy minutes. You know, where you have all this young budding talent re- ready to just um, seize their opportunity, right? Um, so in this draft, it's very important, like you said, because we're in a spot that we haven't been. I mean, we felt great about having the 19th pick last year, right? And here we are towards, you know, the bottom of the lottery. Are there any players that you would be willing to like trade up for maybe to get a top five pick you know because i think most of the consensus on this draft is that it's not that deep and a lot of people are saying oh it's not that deep of a draft um you know there's no big changing superstar in it blah 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 but i mean if you're a spurs fan it doesn't matter how deep a draft is we make it as deep as we want it to be right i mean in san antonio we can pull out talent out of the second round no problem um or late first round no problem um but here we are we have you know we're gonna have maybe a top 12 pick um and there's a lot of good players in this draft i think like what you're saying there's a lot of good players that can help us next year um but before we get into who who you like in this draft matt would you trade up maybe next year's first round draft pick or this year's second you know combined with the pick that we have this year to try to get a top five pick are there any players that really shine out to you like man san antonio needs a guy like this mm-hmm. um it, it's like you said we have been able to draft pretty well in you know the later first round and even the second round i just i don't see the value in you know trading other other draft picks and you know, maybe one of our players for, you know, a top five pick that may or may not pan out the way we want. I think, you know, the Spurs know that they draft well in the position that they're in. And obviously this is unfamiliar, unfamiliar territory, but, 
you know, I wouldn't be surprised if they even trade down. Um, there's some pretty decent prospects that might go kind of later in the first round. Uh, a couple that uh, Harrison talked about in our article. First one was a, a Vernon Carey. That, I'm not sure if I'm saying that right, but I was doing some scouting on him. He's 6'11", 280 pounds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, oh, I'm trying to think. Hold on, sorry. I'm reading, right, reading the notes. Oh, here it is. And there's another guy that's a small forward, power forward combo, so that can fill in like that um, three, four position because I don't think we have yeah. a ton of depth. Um, mm-hmm. Paul, Paul Reed, 6'9", 220, defensive mm-hmm. force. He can shoot three, you know, kind of be a three and D guy, you know, right away for us. Yeah. Shoot three balls, percent mark. So those are, so um, who is that? Who is it? Paul Reed, and there's also Jordan, I'm not sure, I don't know how to say his last name, Nawara from, uh, from Louisville. Yeah. Checkville, 25th overall, but he can score any position on the court. He can score from three ball. He can drive and kick. He has a decent mid-range game. Solid defender, solid handle, and great court vision. So he's kind of a, one of those, kind of like a Wendary Weatherspoon. He's kind of a high IQ guy that can do it all. He's not that tremendous at any one thing, mm-hmm. but just a very solid player overall. So those are a couple players that I think could benefit us right away. I mean, I... I don't know if I really want to see these guys in Austin next year. Yeah. I kind of want to see these guys from the Spurs from the start. It's just, I think um, Keldon Johnson could have been on the Spurs roster from the start of the season. He just yeah. looked at me like one of those guys that was just ready from the get-go, just ready physically, had all the intangibles, and I just felt like he could have really given this team some solid contribution off the bench. Just look at his defense. Yeah. I mean, we and saw that him was the last there. His defense was there from summer league last year. Like that's not something that was developed in Austin. He's he's had mm-hmm. it. <laughs> right. Yeah. 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 And when you know when the Spurs kind of draft overseas, I understand Luca being in the G League. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's to me more of a long term project. You know, yeah. we saw him play at the end, towards the end of our or the at least hopefully not the end of the season. And he kind of looked a little lost. He's still pretty frail. He's got to you know add in some muscle. So. You know, to me, a guy like that, you know, I understand. Keep him in Austin. Let him develop. Let him work with the coaching staff. You know, get more acquainted to the transition to actual NBA basketball. But a guy like Keldon, even Quindary, I feel like he could have made some contributions this year. Mm-hmm. I just, I want to see more versatile players, versatile defenders. You know, this NBA has just turned into such positionless basketball. Yeah. And, you know, some of the best teams, uh, or the best teams, obviously, or, you know, top five in offensive and defensive efficiency. And some of these teams that are so good defensively, they're really good at rim protecting. Look at the Milwaukee Bucks. They got Brook Lopez and Giannis and Robin are three of the top rim protectors in the league. Yeah. And they have players, versatile defenders on the perimeter that can switch onto any guards. Mm-hmm. And you look at the Spurs, I think we have solid rim protection in Jakob. And Marcus Aldridge actually isn't a bad rim protector by any stretch of the means. Yep. But on the perimeter, our perimeter defense is just atrocious. I mean, we're giving Bryn Forbes, you know, 25 plus minutes a game, yep. you know, and staring next to DeMar DeRozan. I mean, that's just a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, I know. And people will look at, you know, DeJounte Murray's defensive efficiency numbers in certain lineups and criticize him. And I'm just like, well, dude, look who he's playing with. Look who's alongside him. I mean, if you're playing with Bryn Forbes, your defensive efficiency is going to suck. Yeah. And that's not to say that I don't want Bryn Forbes on the team. He's a very good mm-hmm. shooter. And he's, we don't really have a lot of shooters on the team. Mm-hmm. So I think he could be a real asset, but it needs to be kind of more in an off-the-bench 15-minute type of role. Yep. You know, maybe sometimes more if he's on fire, less if he's not. But this idea where he needs to be a starter and play 30 minutes a game, 
I mean, how many times this season have we seen Brent Forbes just make defensive error after defensive error, and Coach Pop just look at him angrily and just shrug his shoulders? Yep. And Lonnie Walker, Keldon and Johnson, DeJounte, or maybe less of Derek, maybe more Keldon and DeJounte, you know, make one defensive error, and it's, you know, you're on the bench for, you know, the next 10 minutes of the game. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Makes no sense. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't know what the deal was with all of our guys that showed up in the Denver series last year, but everyone who showed up in that series didn't have a good season. I mean, Derek White, obviously, because of the role change from starting to coming off the bench, but he took a hit in. I think the impact that he can have on a game. Patty Mills was was huge. Rudy Gay was was playing vintage you know, Rudy Gay basketball at the end of last season and earned himself a, a big contract, a nice contract. Um, and then Bryn Forbes, too. Bryn Forbes didn't earn a new contract after last season, but he did earn trust from Coach Pop. And I felt like Coach Pop's like, okay, you earned my trust. Here's your reward. Here's your starting spot. Do with do uh, with it what you will, right? And I feel like Bryn didn't do what everyone expected him to do, which was just light it up from three all season long. It was more like you said, he was, he was being picked on, on, uh, on the defensive side of the ball. He gave up a lot of baskets. Um, you know, he, he, and I, I agree with you. I love Bryn. I love Davis. You know, I didn't want to see Davis go shooting is a premium asset right now in the today's in today's NBA. And we just let, you know, what happened with Davis happened, and we can't let that happen again with Bryn Forbes. I mean, say what you want about him, starting minutes, all these things. It would be a bad decision to let him go. It would be a very good decision to let him stay. So, so kind of, I'm let me tie this into to the draft. I think we're pretty good on guards. If it was, if you're asking me, if I was in that Spurs draft room, I'd be looking at a small forward, power forward positions. Maybe even the center spot because there is a scenario out there where LaMarcus is not here in two years. We do not, you know, come to terms with Jakob this summer. And we're left with Drew Ebanks and, and Chizemi Mitu. And I love those guys. Those are talking about young guys that need to get opportunities. Those two guys are are uh, just kind of waiting in the weeds, you know. Um, yeah. So if it was me in that draft room, I'd probably look at a small forward power forward position and like you said i don't mind picking at 12 13 if we trade down to 20 i think if we're inside 20 we can still get a a prototypical power forward that we're looking for in this draft um it's very guard heavy and i think there's a lot of teams out there that need guard um players but i don't think we're one so what what player would you what type of player what position are you looking to fill in this 2020 draft no, I, I agree 100% with you. We kind of need that small forward, power forward position. I mean, it's basketball, like I said earlier, is so positionless these days. You kind of just need guys that can, are versatile defenders and that can, you know, shoot the shoot the three and spread the floor. So just somebody that can be a, be a solid defender. I think we, we need to kind of get back to uh, the defense being a staple of this team you know mm-hmm. we everyone everyone was watching the 2005 um game seven against the pistons and like the final score was 80 what was it 81 to 74 <laughs> yeah i mean I, I mean i get it you know teams are scoring more naturally in the nba you know people are shooting guys are shooting more threes it's just people are scoring more but um 
through all those years, like defense was just such a premium. We were a top five defensive team every single year, yep. you know, through all, all the, you know, all the turnover, all the new guys that came in like that was our staple. That was what we hung our hats on. And I'm just, we're not seeing that anymore. And if you're not going to be a good defensive team, then you have to be a very, very efficient offensive team. And that's what we were last year. We were like a bottom 10 team defensive efficiency wise. I think we were like around 20th. And then offensively we were like a top five. Yeah. We shot the ball just crazy efficiently. We had Davis, Marco, um, Bryn, uh, who else? I'm trying to think of even like Lamarcus Aldridge and Demar Derozan. Like they shot crazy efficiently from the floor, and that was kind of that bailed out our defense. You know, yeah. we won a lot of we won a lot of high scoring games by just shooting better. It wasn't our defense that won us games. Mm -hmm. So that's why I was kind of disappointed. We haven't we didn't see a lot of Derek and Dejounte lineups. You know, yeah. the start of the season. Mm -hmm. um, I, I get the uh, you know the thinking you know you want more shooting you know coming off the bench and you want uh, you don't want to just have two non-shooters as your starting point guard and shooting guard but mm -hmm. there are ways to alleviate that without just resorting to never playing them together you know yeah. you can even you can even start Brent Forbes and then bring in Derek off the bench and you know put him at the two or put him at the one whatever you want to do yeah. you know so that was probably my biggest disappointment but I think. Whoever the Spurs need, whoever the Spurs draft, they need to bring in a guy that can defend right off the bat. Like we need to get back to that. I don't know if it's going to happen next year, but we need to return to our, you know, defensive ways, so to speak. Yeah, if there's a player I want to snatch out of this draft because he seems like to fit the need that you're talking about, I like Okongwu from USC. I know he's like a top five pick, um, but he reminds me a lot of like a, a Montrez Harrell type guy mm -hmm. who doesn't really need the ball ever you know he doesn't move like a basketball player just moves more like a, a brick house <laughs> you know what i mean uh, right yeah and, and we need that toughness because that's what we don't have i don't think any team this season and this was a first for most spurs fans i think um, every time we went into a game i felt like the other team was not scared of us it was just like oh this is a win where mm -hmm. in previous years, in the past twenty previous years, um, you would know you would know that you had to bring your A game any given night that you play the Spurs. Doesn't matter if you're the worst team or the best team in the league, the Spurs can give you a game, and that's not been the case for the past two years. And well, there's a common denominator there, and uh, Demar Derozan and Lamarcus Aldridge being our one-two punch is that denominator. So we're gonna talk about that in a second when we come right back. All right, what is up, Spurs Nation? First off, I would like to say thank you. Thank you for being a Spurs fan, and thank you for contributing to this great fan base. Use your voice to ask questions, post things, make videos, express yourself. We are Spurs Nation. If you are a fan of any of the content that I put out, I can't thank you enough. I love every comment. I appreciate every view, like, and follow. If I can help grow Spurs Nation at any level, I'm down to do that because Bucking Spurs bleed silver and black like most of you listening to this do. So before I let you go, I want to tell you about the new Spurs Nation Sundays episodes we're launching here at Bucking Spurs. I will take questions that are submitted into our virtual tip jar. If you would like to drop a Spurs quandary that you want my take on, you can go ahead and click the link in the description below under the virtual tip jar. All right, now back to the pod. All right, we're back. Back with Matt from SpursFanBlog.com. Um, Matt, like we're talking about before before we went on break, Demar and Lamarcus, 
They're our one-two punch. They're the guys that we're going to ride all season long. Is that good enough? Do you think it's good enough? Do you see them in our long-term plans? Because there are so many decisions that need to be made post the decision of is DeMar coming back? Is LaMarcus going to re-sign with us? Do we want LaMarcus after next season? So, so many possibilities that can come after that decision is made. But from these past two years of basketball that we've seen, what are your thoughts on the whole DeMar DeRozan and LaMarcus Aldridge situation or tandem in general? Right. Yeah, it's a very interesting situation. And it goes back to what I said, how important and crucial this offseason is. And I'm just, I'm extremely intrigued to see what the front office is going to do. Um, you know, there are options. And I have, you know, our second last article that I wrote was, you know, what should the Spurs do with DeMar and the Marcus? And obviously the first option is, you know, re-sign DeMar, extend LaMarcus after next season or you extend DeMar trade LaMarcus um, uh, extend LaMarcus or trade DeMar or you keep both and you know there's, there's pros and cons to each of those situations personally for me I think if you're going to let one of them go this is just my opinion you know a lot of people might disagree with me I prefer to keep Aldridge and trade DeMar if you're not able to extend him um I think DeMar is still young and has a lot of trade value. You can get back a lot. And LaMarcus is a power forward center position, so he's not taking reps away from guys like Kelvin and Lonnie yeah. and Dejounte and Derek. And, you know, he's been with this team longer. I think I think that LaMarcus has been a little underappreciated by Spurs fans. I think, Absolutely. you know, after that, <laughs> yeah, I think after that, yeah. Yeah. I think after that 2016-17 season when he demanded a trade, I was mm-hmm. – that surprised me like everyone else. I was just kind of like, he just won on two win teams. Like, it didn't make any sense. But after that, you know, he turned it around. He had the top of top, and he's been a beast since. Obviously, he's been a little consistent here and there. But he's been, let's see, he was, made an all-star team in 2018 and 19, been an all-NBA player. Like, he's been a beast. And I still think you need a beast like that down low. I don't think Jakob's there yet. I think he's a great rim protector, but he's not really giving you much of an offensive presence. And I think you still need that. I like DeMar too. I think he's, again, like DeMar, I think he's been a little underappreciated. I mean, I've been critical of him at times, of course, too, like everyone. But so I think if you're able to keep both, I'm not entirely against it, but you need to work the lineup better around them. You need to be more careful and precise about who you're giving minutes to. It's like we talked about earlier, like putting Brent Forbes alongside DeMar DeRozan for, you know, 25 plus minutes a night is going to spell disasters on the defensive end. Mm-hmm. You know, I think if we saw more lineups with, you know, Derek and DeJounte, Lonnie and Derek or Lonnie and DeJounte, and even more minutes to Kelvin Johnson at the three instead of DeMar, I just, I think you're going to see defensive improvements. I think you're going to see more versatility on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. So just just to answer your question, I mean, if the Spurs are going to get rid of one of them and like that's inevitable, I'd prefer to get rid of Demar and keep Lamarcus for you know short term and long term. But if you know if Spurs fans disagree, I understand Demar is younger. Demarcus is going to be 35 next year. Um, I've heard people say that Demar is loved by the young guys. Um, I don't know how true that is. Mm-hmm. And there have also been rumors that Demar is unhappy here, and they deny those rumors. So. Um, it, it's it's a really device. Uh, it's a really polarizing topic. I mean, I've seen a lot of Spurs fans 
completely disagree. I mean, I posted about it on a Facebook page, and the first comment was like Trey Lamarcus, and the second one was Trey Demar. So it's like everybody has their own opinion on it. Yeah. And it's like I said, this off season is going to be very interesting, and I, I don't know what the front office is going to do. I mean, nobody does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that. Everything you said is is absolutely right. I agree with keeping LaMarcus Aldridge. I think moving forward, he's the type of center that we can still have around for about three, four more years, um, especially if he tends to step outside the three like he did a little bit in flashes this season, and he did it extremely well. It's just it's just so confusing, man, this, this year. It's like, okay, we had a really good uh, stretch of – competitive basketball and that's like when we played Boston and Milwaukee twice like those that little you know week and a half two weeks that we were playing very well where LaMarcus was stepping outside knocking down three after three after three obviously he's not going to shoot it that consistently the whole year but that gave us a very competitive look um it opened up things for DeMar DeRozan uh but it will open up you know, lanes for everybody, DeMar or whoever's there, Lonnie Walker, whoever needs to play. But I like what you said about DeMar. If we keep him, he takes minutes away from what we've been building, what we've been nurturing, um, you know, in this little incubator in Austin for so long. You know, it can only stay in that incubator for, you know, whatever we're trying to cook up for so long before we have to let it out in the world and let it do its thing, let it develop, let it grow. You know, and I think we're at that point now with Lonnie Walker, Keldon, Quindary, like you said, is is not to be taken lightly. I think he's probably our best player in Austin this year. Um, mm-hmm. You know, just a four-year guy coming out of college. He's just ready to go, and, and he's taking steps forward uh, this season in Austin. And then you have guys like Derek White. Dude, I was looking at it today. Do you know that Derek White gets paid – the second least on this roster. Do you know that? I do not, but that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, th- this season, he only made more money than Chizemi Mitu. Chimezi Mitu. Oh. That's oh it. Now, That's... next year, next year, he's going to go up a little bit. But if but this is what I'm saying. It's like, okay, you have all this young talent who you're going to start paying more and more money to as the years go on talking about you know Dejount, we locked up Dejounte Murray um we have Keldon Johnson who's going to be need, who's going to need to get paid for a long time in San Antonio hopefully not you know max contracts or anything like that but something friendly um but these guys need to get more minutes and DeMar is just kind of in the way now I'm going to say something here that I know a lot of people probably won't agree with and that's I think that they both need to go and i and i and i i don't say that in a angry way or an ugly way or ah, get them out of here they suck no they've been great for us for the past two seasons they've had unbelievable statistical careers shooting from the mid-range um we just it's not a recipe for winning basketball and i think we've seen that already with if 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 we're going to be starting the same type of lineups and have that stubborn mentality of not willingness or not having the ability to play with your lineups and it's just going to be DeJounte, Bryn, you know, LaMarcus and DeMar DeRozan. I don't think that's good enough. Um, so I think the real answer is that post 2020, 2021 season, which is next year, uh, 
they both need to go. And I think we need to look towards the future. I think we need to give Jakob uh, more responsibi- uh, responsibility, ask more of him. I agree with you. He's not really there yet to be a starting player, at least to be an, an X factor on the floor. Um, but if I had to pick one, I would pick LaMarcus. I agree. I just don't think DeMar DeRozan is a, is a spur-type player. And I know I'm getting into, like, you know, personality, stuff like that, stuff that doesn't really factor into what happens on the court. But it does with DeMar. You know, a lot of times you can separate personality and basketball, but we all know about, you know, DeMar's temper. And it lets it – he lets his temper – affect basketball games affect the outcome of basketball games which wins and losses and that's something that i just i have a huge problem with over here um any last thoughts and last thoughts last thoughts on those two guys before we move on yeah just uh, another thing about demar versus la um la contributes and he has the ability to contribute in a lot of ways that don't involve the basketball mm-hmm. i know people don't really notice this but he's been a pretty darn good defender the past couple of seasons yeah um, he's improved his rim protection. His rebounding's been fine. I mean, there's obviously there's gonna people are gonna point out like one game where he had like three rebounds or two rebounds. It's like okay, well yeah, one of every forty games he's gonna have kind of one of those games. But yeah. he's still he doesn't need the ball to be a productive player. And Demar, I watched him for a long time now, the past, or for a lot the past couple of years, and he's not a guy that plays well off the ball. He's not like a Bryn Forbes, Marco Bellinelli that's going to run around and you know wait to spot up shoot. That's just not his game. He needs to have the ball in his hands to be productive on offense. Now, when he has the ball in his hands, he can be very good. He can take over a game anytime. He's an excellent facilitator. He's an efficient shooter. But it's like we said, like he's going to take minutes and reps away from you know guys like Keldon Johnson and Lonnie Walker. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you with his temperament and you know the technical. I mean, he's a great guy. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean. I love that he's a spur, but I, I, I agree. Like, whenever he, you know, he gets so many, I feel like he just gets so many technicals and it just kills any momentum that we might might have had or not had at the moment. Mm-hmm. And it's just, it, it's frustrating as a fan to watch because it's like you're just giving the team free points. And I understand he, you know, he deserves more respect from the officials, but mm-hmm. I don't think you're going to get it that way. And so, you know, that's just another reason why I think if you're going to get rid of one of them, I think it'd be DeMar. But, you know, like I said, it, it's going to be on the front office and what they think is the best for this team moving forward. They might, you know, get rid of both. They might keep one. They might keep both. It's just with the Spurs, you don't know what they're going to do. Nobody does. Yeah, and it's Brian Wright, right? He's our new GM, I believe. Yep. Um, yeah, he's got his plate full. He's got some big uh, decisions in front of him that he's going to have to make this offseason, starting with are we going to bring back Bryn Forbes and Jakob Podol. Um, hopefully we can keep Jakob around here for a long time. I think he's another guy that's just waiting to develop. I think this season he was given a little bit more opportunity to show that he can do a few different things than just rim run. And <clears throat> he he showed us that he can be versatile with the ball in his hands. He can be a passer. He can finish. in the. He can pass the ball in the half court. He can push the break himself he started grabbing that rebound and just taking off with it and not turning it over that was a good look for us i think for a little while um so there's still so much potential in these young guys that i think ultimately lamarcus aldridge and demar Derozan are gonna have to fade away into the into the sunset to see these um young guns step up to the plate um but 
rolling into that conversation, I think the next thing that, that I want to talk to you about, Matt, was potential lineups. And I know there's, like we are just talking about right now, there's so many questions to be answered. But let's live in a world where we know. <laughs> just give me whatever situation, you know, that you like best. And uh, once you give me a couple of potential lineups that you want to say for next, that you want to see on the floor next season uh, for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, I, I, I kind of suck at this because I said last year going into this year that I think, or I said my favorite lineup would have been um, DeJounte Murray at the one, Derek White at the two, DeMar at the three, Damari Carroll at the four, and Lamarcus at the five, which yeah. was you very alone. I, I could not have been more wrong than that. So, you know, in a perfect world where I'd say where my preference would be we keep Lamarcus and trade DeMar, mm-hmm. I would finally go with the DeJounte Derek on court i think we saw a lot of improvement from Dejounte's jumper i mean he was top 10 in mid-range shooting efficiency um out of any he was top 10 in the whole nba there was like a minimum of 100 attempts and he was just automatic from that mid-range spot towards the end of the season and i think you know people are gonna you know some people are gonna complain about spacing i just i don't see that i think derek's a pretty darn good shooter he's been able to score at all three levels you know three point mid-range and get to the rim and again, like that defensive versatility, like I think people are going to criticize that a little bit because we've seen it in small doses and they haven't been successful. But I just mm-hmm. think, well, it's just it's small doses. Like you need yeah. a larger sample size to actually make an assessment out of that. Mm-hmm. And so let's say DeJounte and Derek, the one and two, and then off the bench. I still like Patty Mills. He had a unbelievable season, really. Yeah. I mean, just shooting like crazy, crazy well from three-pointer. Um, I hope he stays because he's still, you know, he's the epitome of Spurs culture, and he's you know, the only guy from that 2014 team left besides Marco. And I, I hope he's the Spurs for life. So, yeah, me too. But I also want to see his minutes reduced too. I want to see, you know, more Lonnie. I want to see more Keldon. Um, and so that's the first two. And if Demar's gone, then you know, I go with one or Lonnie or Keldon. And honestly, I don't know which one mm-hmm. because I really like what Keldon brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he. We only saw a little bit, but he has the ability to shoot three ball. Yeah. I think Lonnie had an interesting season because after that Rockets game, we all thought he was just going to be like this permanent, you know, 20, 25 (laughs) minutes per game type of guy. And we didn't see that. Yeah. And he had his struggles. You know, he was, you know, he struggled sometimes with the decision making with the ball, which is, you know, natural for a 20 year old in the NBA. Um, But yeah, I'd like to see one of Lonnie or Keldon and, Another guy that we haven't talked about much that's really interesting is Trey Lyles. Yeah. Um, I wasn't really a huge Trey Lyles guy when he brought in. We got him. I mean, he was kind of our rebound girl, you know, after Marcus Morris backed out. <laughs> yeah. But um, he's really come along nicely. Um, obviously, he earned Greg Popovich's distrust from the start, you know, yeah. earning that starting spot. He's been a great rebounder. And his three-point shot has come along really nice. Mm-hmm. Um, if he can continue to shoot that three-ball at, you know, a 40% clip, I don't see why we can't extend him. I mean, he's not really going to get a ton, uh, you know a huge offer from a lot of teams. So I think his best bet would be to you know stay with the Spurs. I don't know. Do we have him signed to through next year? Who's this? Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles. Yeah, We're, we got him locked in for until two more seasons. I think for now. So I think next year, if he can, I think next year would be a big year for him to you know continue to shoot the way he has in you know the recent months. I think I would keep him at the four. And I would have Lamarcus at the five. Mm-hmm. Now, you're talking about rotations. 
you know, you obviously bring in Lonnie or Kelton exchanges for any other one or the other. You bring Patty Mills in for the point guard, DeJounte or Derek, whoever's kind of playing well. Um, another guy we haven't touched on is Rudy Gay and what they're going to do with him. Yeah. Um, now, I think he signed through at least next season, yeah. but he's a guy that could potentially, you know, trade for to go, you know, trade down or trade up if you combine him with a draft pick or another guy. Um, if they keep him, I guess I keep him at the four just because we just don't have a lot of depth at that position. But like we said, I, I hope they draft somebody at that three, four position that can step in right away, you know, kind of the trail out backup because, you know, I love me some Rudy Gay, but he's one of those guys that we talked about that just has regressed a lot this year. Yeah. Um, huge it'll be huge regression. Yeah. So, so let me yeah. ask you, if we draft someone at the small forward, power forward position, do they get the jump over Luca? Or do they get the year in Austin? I think you just—I think that's where competition becomes a little healthy, and you kind of yeah. just see, you know, who's ready. Um, you know, you want to probably give at least the Spurs are always going to give the benefit of the doubt to the, you know, the older guy, no matter if it's a year older or ten years older. Mm-hmm. So you like to think that Luca gets that. Now I, I forgot to mention him in the, you know, lineup rotation. He could be in at the four spot if he's ready. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they draft, you know, a guy that's three, four spot and he's ready right away, you know, I'd give him the nod. But that's that's just not what the Spurs do. As frustrating as it can be sometimes, but yeah. you know, we'll, we'll see who they pick up in the draft and we'll see how ready or not he is. Yeah, I think that's the same situation with Bryn Forbes this season. It was like, okay, um, Bryn Forbes is the older player. He's put in the work. This is his time. It's a contract year. He needs to ball out so he can get another contract you know i feel like so the spurs were kind of doing them a solid showing them a little bit of uh spurs loyalty and, and just good business you know saying okay Bryn worked his tail off undrafted two or three seasons in the league earned his spot last year by default right with injuries and whatnot um but then let we did get to the playoffs and then he did show up in the playoffs so that earns a mountain of trust on your coaching staff so i feel like you know they're like okay Let's give him some run. Let's give him his opportunity, which was this season. Even though I feel like Keldon Johnson, going back to your point, Keldon Johnson might have been ready, more ready. Just at the to me, I think he was. I mean, I saw him defend. I went to the summer league last year, got to see uh, these guys play a few times, and it was just Keldon Johnson's not scared. He's ready. He feels he is he's physically strong enough to compete. He has the motor, all these things, and you just kind of saw it. And it was you don't have to be a basketball savant to to see that Keldon Johnson was ready to defend on this level. You know, play no, not so much. It was kind of the opposite with Lonnie Walker the year before. He was able, I think, I think, I think he was NBA ready offensively coming out of Miami, but defensively he was nowhere, you know, even close to seeing any type of minutes for the Spurs, but. Um, I feel like that could happen next year with Luca too. If we draft uh, a guy, this in a, if we can get a top ten player, not saying we're gonna trade up or anything, but let's say he just falls into our lap and it's in that power forward position, I think Luca and 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 that player will have, like you said, some healthy competition, and that's a good problem to have for the Spurs. Um, I like your lineups, man. I've I w- like you. I was on the boat last year. Dejounte and Derek White, man, best defensive backcourt in the NBA. There should be no one even close. Spurs love defense. They put defense first. <laughs> I was wrong. They didn't put that lineup first over you know Bryn Forbes spacing, um, whatever. But um, 
I think that's <laughs> something that we have to do. And I and you know what? Patty Mills should be able to take that backup point guard role um, a little bit from Derek. And that's when you have a player like Quindary Weatherspoon who could jump in and take a little bit of a little bit of that backup point guard role. I think he's ready as well. Um, but the Lonnie Walker at the three or Keldon Johnson dilemma that you have, that's a good problem to have too. And I think I think mm-hmm. that's when we do that little seniority nod to Lonnie Walker, let him get his run, uh, yeah. K- KJ off the bench. And Trey Lyles at the four, I agree with you. I was shocked. I've never seen it. I don't think any of us have really seen it happen um, where we pick up a free agent who's been in the league three or four years and they just start a whole season for the Spurs. Like you have to be an incredibly smart, high level IQ player and mm-hmm. a damn well good defender to be able to do and that. You know? And he's a solid defender. I, mm-hmm. I, I watch him on defense and you know, when his guys switch out in the perimeter, I mean, it's not ideal to have him on the perimeter guarding a point guard on a switch, but you know, he holds his own. And another guy that I forgot to mention was, Chimezi Metu. I think Chimezi Metu is another guy that, you know, could have been a part of this team, especially when Lamarcus and Jakob were hurt. I was Man. just flabbergasted why we didn't bring him up. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm just, I was just, I was getting so sick of seeing his stat line in Austin, you know, 27 and 17, you know, 25. <laughs> like, I'm like, why? It, it made no sense. I mean, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not a Drew Banks, I'm not a Drew Eubanks hater. I just, I think Chimezi is kind of more shaped are geared to be a center in today's era. I mean, a lot yeah. of people compare him to Clint Capella for good reason. I mean, he's yeah. got the athleticism. I think he'd be a great guy to, you know, throw lobs on pick and rolls and, mm-hmm. uh, and then the fast break. I think he defends well and guards the rim pretty well. I just, I, I'm just sick of seeing our, all of our G League guys with, you know, 25 plus point, 10 rebounds, six outings every night. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, dude, I want to say, I'm not saying, like, obviously, they're not just going to go to the Spurs and transfer those stats number for number, but yeah, to see these guys dominating night in and night out, it's like, give them a chance, man. Like, what else do you need to see from them? Yeah, and it's give them give them a chance, but don't just give them three minutes and then never play them again. Give them three games yeah. of seven yeah. minutes per game. Give them some consistent run and get a good sample size. Man, you're so, you're so right, man. And that's, that's, that's where I kind of come in back to, the, like, do we really need, you know, both LaMarcus and DeMar? Just so much young talent. I mean, Chemezi, Ch- Ch- to me, he's a poor man's LaMarcus Aldridge. Drew Ebanks is a poor man's Yaka Podal, right? So we have, like, little mini-me's of our two better players in the G League developing. And Chemezi's shown that he can score at all three levels, too, man. I mean, he can... He can crash yeah, the rim. He's got a great mid-range shot. And he started shooting more threes this season. And I read somewhere, I don't remember where it was, but the reason why that they elected to bring down Drew over, or bring up Drew over uh, Chemezi is because of consistency. Something about, you know, Chemezi doesn't consistently do the things that he does well, where, you know, Drew does a lot less you know he, he's not a guy that's gonna shoot the ball 20 you know or 10 times a game but man i love drew man i've seen i've seen drew play a few times now in person that guy's a monster dude oh my goodness he's a monster if you look at a couple of dunks or whatever that he had this this year anyways i know i'm going off on a on a tangent about those two guys but mm-hmm. but i like and it's just another great problem to have you know except 
we give we don't give them minutes you know we give all the minutes to the older guys when we have all these young guys but um yeah. back to your lineup of trey lyles at the four and going back to trey lyles i love trey and it's the same to be honest it's the same conversation with trey lyles it's consistency you know he showed us that we can be very good when trey lyles does a lot for us when he's crashing the offensive rebounds when he's hitting open shots when he's just doing a lot of the the little things which i feel is the perfect role for him i feel like he's that low-key I don't want a lot of attention. I don't I don't have a crazy motor to do a lot for a long period of time. I just want to help everyone else be better on the floor and very much kind of like Boris Diaw, except Boris Diaw yep. did it every game. You know, every mm-hmm. game he was able to impact it and help us win where Trey Lyles has games where he's four points, two rebounds, you know, in 18 minutes. I'm just like, dude, what, you know, we got a lot of those. You know, so mm-hmm. but we also had the games where he led us in scoring. He led us in rebounding. He was getting double doubles every other night. You know, so he has shown us that. And I think that with Trey, I love him playing next to LaMarcus, but I also love Jakob playing next to LaMarcus. And I know that's kind of, um, hold on, I know that's kind of old school Spurs basketball, big style basketball but not really you know you would have to ask lamarcus to to step out a little bit more um lamarcus plays they defend well together um when lamarcus and Jakob and Derek white those three players are on the floor it's very hard to get to the rim um if you're the other team so to me i want to keep those two guys in that four spot and just kind of switch uh have it uh situational you know on a game-to-game basis um, or obviously yeah. Yamak, uh, Jakob would be the five and LaMarcus would, would step into the four. But a lot of possibilities next year. And, and we haven't even talked about, you know, Luca playing the four, playing the five because he, he's a modern NBA big. Um, and then so I don't know, there's just a lot of a lot of possibilities. Um, so we'll leave it there. We'll continue that one on, a, on another day. Um, but lastly, Matt, before we before we go, um, we're going to talk about free agents, right? The Spurs have three that are very interesting. Um, we've talked about them already. Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, and Jakob Podol. So when we get back from this little break, let's talk about what we should do with those three players going into next season. All right, we're going to take this quick break so I can let you guys know where all the music from any of the content that I do comes from. And it comes from the one and only at Eric Gloom on Twitter, E-R-I-C-G-L-O-O-M. That's Eric Trejo at Eric Gloom on Twitter. Follow him now. Okay, we are back on the pod joined by Matt from SpursFanBlog.com. Matt, last thing we're going to talk about before I let you go, free agents. Let's start off with the easy one, Marco Bellinelli. What do we do? Yeah, uh, bye, bye, Marco. Let him go. Bye, Marco. Thanks no. for everything. We love you. Yep thanks, yep, thanks for helping us win a championship mm-hmm. in 2014. You know, God love your crazy off-shooting threes. Um, but... <laughs> We're, we're moving on, man. Yeah. They, they, you, you kind of filled that Manu void for a season. You know, that crazy mm-hmm. shot and it goes in stuff that we love seeing in, in San Antonio. But, yeah, I think we're I think we're ready to part ways with Marco. Okay, so then that's easy. Marco, we let him sign somewhere else. Uh, next one up, not so easy. Bryn Forbes. Yeah, it, 
it's all about how you manage print forms in my opinion i i think with his shooting ability i mean he's been shooting the lights out recently and you know on a team that doesn't have a ton of consistent shooting i think that's he could be a real asset but you have to manage his minutes better um i you can't be given 30 minutes a night and just you, you just can't have a defensive liability like that out there for 30 minutes i mean you're just going to get killed so i would pref- i wouldn't mind i'd prefer you know keep him on the team at least for the short term until we can you know add some other shooters either through the draft or free agency but you know pop and the coaching staff they're, they're going to have to manage his minutes better next season um you know I, I don't think he's i think he could get you know he would get some offers from you know some lower level teams maybe like the knicks or some eastern conference teams even with value of shooting but i think he likes like in san antonio i think he loves the team in the city so i think he wants to be here mm-hmm. You know that might not be to the delight of a, a lot of Spurs fans, but I think I think we take his shooting for granted sometimes. Yeah. And I think he could still be an asset, but he just he needs to be more of a 15-20 minute type of guy. Okay, so if you're the Spurs, you want to keep Bryn Forbes long term, right? I, I want to keep him short, for I'd say more short term okay. until we can. Until we're certain we can get more shooters, either by the draft or free agency, because right now we just don't have that many shooters. So, um, so would you offer him like a two or three year deal? I would offer him a two to three year deal. I mean, how much? I'm not really mm-hmm. an expert in you know how much we can give him or how much we should. I would just I'd give him a cheaper deal, obviously. You know, if he's demanding, you know, a huge deal, then then let him walk. But if you can't, I would reach a short term agreement with Bryn. So he gets 25 minutes a game. That just needs to go down. I agree with you with that. Um, you know, DeJounte took you – can, you can look at DeJounte's deal like a team-friendly deal. I mean, he's not getting overpaid at all, I don't think. Um, mm-hmm. So maybe Bryn Forbes follows follows in that. Um, if you're Bryn Forbes, do you take the money or do you stay in San Antonio? Because you're 26. I mean, look at Bryn Forbes. He's not 21, 22. He's 26 years old. And he just had a season of getting 25, point, 25 minutes a game and kind of underperformed. So if you're Bryn Forbes and you're looking at your career, if the Knicks offer you, you know, a three or four year, $50 million deal, you take it. Oh, if you're Bryn Forbes, I mean, I'd absolutely take that because you're not going to get a better deal here. Um, and, then, and then he's out of the league in two years, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, if you're going to the Knicks, your, your career is dead. I mean, yeah. it's going to die. Okay, so, so let's move on. Let's go to Jakob Poto. Jakob um, had uh, his first year with the Spurs. Kind of, um, it was more of like a feeling out, I think, for all of us. Like, who is this guy? What can he do? What is he going to do for us? What is he going to bring to the table? And then he showed progression from last year to this year. He showed that he improved, which is a big sign for me. And to me, he's a young player. He's got a lot of potential. And he's still moving forward. So when it comes to his contract coming across across your desk if you're the gm what are you going to do with Jakob? yeah he's a guy i would actually kind of look at for more long term um i don't know how many people know this but he was a top five player in rim protection in terms of opponents um field goal percentage at the rim mm-hmm. i think it was Giannis, brooke lopez robin lopez i think he was actually fourth i think he was after the three bucks players so he's a yeah. really good defensive player mm-hmm. and you know, and, and people, Spurs fans need to keep this in mind when it comes to free agency. I mean, LaMarcus Aldridge was our biggest free agency signing in yeah. the team, the franchise history. Yeah. You know, we're not a, we're not, <laughs> yeah. we're not a free agency hotspot. So, you know, when people complain about, 
you know, giving Patty too much money and Hub Saul too much money and stuff like that. It's not that I'm disagreeing. Like, obviously, you know, considering what we're paying those guys to what their, you know, their on-court product is, I mean, yeah, it, you could make the argument we're overpaying them, but we're not going to sign any other big-name free agent outside of the um, middle, both of the mid-level exception, mm-hmm. whatever that, I forget what yeah. that's called. You know, when you can get guys like that, you don't really have a choice. And so, back to Jakob Pertl, though, I think he could be a real asset to the team. I think his rim protection, his defense, I think he's learned the system pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, he's another guy, you know, I want to see get, I want to see more minutes. Um, you know, there's some games, and, you know, that's the only downside of having Lamarcus if you keep him is, you know, he would definitely probably take a lot of reps and minutes away from Jakob. And we've seen in short spurts, you know, what he's capable of. So I'm all for keeping Jakob. I would look for him long term. I, you know, I would definitely, I would definitely give him a little more money than Bryn. Um, you know, I don't think he's a max guy or anything, but mm-hmm. if I remember right, you know, I think he said he loved in San Antonio. He'd love to come to a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, he wasn't naive enough to suggest that he's gonna, you know, be here forever. But I think yeah. that they will. I think they'll ultimately come to an agreement. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to keep him long term. Rim protection is huge. He's um, he's a little bit more than just a will player. You know, he has some skill. You know, he has the ability to finish around the rim, pass the ball, just be a smart player. And, you know, San Antonio loves bigs who have some type of IQ um, <laughs> uh, over just being able to to dunk the ball. Uh, okay, so those are our big... Those are our big names, right? Those are the ones that are going to come first priority when it comes to this offseason moving forward to next year. Um, but there are two guys that were on two-way deals, which means that they come up to the NBA from the G League and vice versa, up and down. Um, one of them is Drew Ebanks, who is finishing up his two-year two-way deal. And, you know, we're talking about Jakob and, and LaMarcus. We talked about Chemezi a little bit. Uh is Drew a guy that you can see being around the Spurs organization and maybe not getting a lot of playing time in the future, but still there? You know, it's like he he, he loves it there. We keep him there. We there. I think there's minutes for him. Obviously, he started three or four games there at the end of the year. Showed us that he can play at this level, but he still he still has a lot of room to grow on the defensive side of the ball, communication-wise, things like that. But he shows us that he's not scared to play at this level. Is, is he someone that you bring back um, to the Spurs next year, next year, or is he still going up and down from the G League? Yeah, I, I think for Drew, it's all about how the franchise sees him and how the front office sees him. Um, you know, if they kind of see him as a long-term guy, they want to be a part of the team. Uh, that that's really on the front office. I don't know how they see him. I mean, obviously, you know, they gave him the nod over Chemezi at the end of the season, so I imagine that they do like him. Mm-hmm. Um, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, if you're going to keep him around, I think there's more minutes for him. But I, I don't see the point in keeping him around if you're not going to give him those minutes, you know. I, I just, you're, otherwise, he's just basically filling up a spot at the end of the bench. Um, you know, I do agree. I think he loves in San Antonio. I think he kind of embodies the Spurs culture. He's a great hype guy on the bench. You know, he gets along so well with the other G League teammates. So I definitely don't mind having him on the team. I just, I hope they have a plan for him. You know, I hope if they're going to keep him long term, that they're going to use him as a kind of a long term guy and start to give him more minutes. And, and like you said, we saw him at the end of the year, but that was also because of 
you know, injuries. So if we come back next year fully healthy, I mean, is he just going to be, you know, stuck at the end of the bench playing on a two, another two-way deal in Austin, or is he actually going to be, you know, granted more trust and more responsibilities and more minutes, you know, with the Spurs? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's 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 almost impossible to figure out what the future for Drew and, and Chizemi looks like here in San Antonio. Um, but there was, real quick, side, side note, um, I'm doing a video right now on... Uh, the Spurs versus the Brooklyn Nets when Keldon Johnson, Derek White, and Lonnie Walker were on the floor together. You know, we didn't get to see those three guys play a lot of minutes together. So I'm making a video about it against the Nets. And But it was funny because when I was making that video, Drew Ebanks was on the floor with them and Patty Mills was was the other guy, right? Those two guys are on the floor. And I'm, I'm thinking, man, Drew, Keldon Johnson, Lonnie Walker, those three guys have been playing together for a long time. Drew um, played a lot with Lonnie last year uh, and in the summer league. And then Drew pl- has played a lot this season with Keldon in Austin. So it was just kind of s- interesting to see those guys on the floor together. And obviously Derek White um, has been up and down from Austin too. But to see all those guys on the floor together, I'm like, damn, man, this is half of our Austin squad this year. And it's just like, you know what? There's something um, to say about continuity, and I think Drew Ebanks and and Ch- uh, Chemezi can have that continuity whenever their opportunity comes to play with these young guys. And uh, the last guy that we're going to talk about really quick before we go, uh, Quindary Weatherspoon. He's our second-round draft pick from last season, four-year player out of Mississippi State. To be honest, has I think has been the best player that we've had consistently in Austin. He can do it all. He can finish at the rim. He moves well without the ball. He actually defends at a crazy high level, I think, off-ball. Off His on-ball defend, uh, defense is somewhat suspect sometimes. But when he, the way he communicates and switches and, and uh, helps the helper and does things like that, to me, it's just like, yeah, this is a four-year college player who's probably ready to see some type of minutes in the NBA. Um, so is he... I mean, he's a point guard, though. I mean, talk about point guards on this roster. Um, Lonnie Walker, uh, not Lonnie Walker, DeJounte, Derek White, Patty Mills. And I think that's where Quindary falls on that, you know, uh, hierarchy ladder. So is he someone that you think we can have plans for in the future? Or is he someone that just stays in the G League again next year and then we'll we'll take care of it after that? Yeah, I'm, I'm a big Quindary fan. Um I when I, I did an article on the uh, the rookie trio from this year and I was one of the things I mentioned is he a lot he reminds me a lot like Derek White. I mean yes. he's a high IG player. He can just def- he can defend on the I perimeter. Agree. He, I agree. Yeah. He shoot. I mean, I just pulled up some of I'm pulling up some of the stats here from his last season at uh, Mississippi State. He um, in the half court offense, the seventeen percent of his shots were set jumpers. And on those 17% shots, he converted those um, set jump shots for 1.636 points per catch, mm-hmm. which was in the 99th percentile. Yeah. So he he's someone, and I watched, you know, like I watched some film on him in Austin, and he's just the guy I look at that he can score in every way. He mm-hmm. can shoot the three ball. He can drive to the rim. He can hit the mid-range. He can distribute. He can defend. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be a Manu Ginobili all-star legend, but I think he's a guy that can really blossom into something special. I was, I don't say disappointed because he was a second round pick, but I was, you know, hoping to see more of Quindary, especially towards the end of the year when yeah. 
he started getting hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's a guy that, you know, should step up next year. I'm not saying he is. I'm not saying I think he is. Because mm-hmm. I just, it's the way the Spurs run their team. But I think if they give him a shot, I mean, he has a 6'9 wingspan, 6'4, yeah. and he has a 6'9 wingspan. I mean, yeah. he, like you said, he's a good defender. Um, I, I think, you know, between him, Lonnie, Keldon, DeJounte, Derek, like, we have so much defensive versatility in this guy. Like, all those five guys can switch at any given moment to any player on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. And I think you see a lot of teams that that's a kind of a trend of the NBA is they want guys, teams want guys that can, you know, switch on the perimeter because it's just way easier to switch than a guard to pick and roll, you know, the old fashioned way. Cause it's just easier when you can just stay in front versus, you know, trying to find ways to guard a pick and roll with a big, you know, versus icing or hedging or hard hedging or whatever the case may be. So I'm a big Quindary fan. I hope, you know, they see him in their long-term plans, but again, I don't know what I don't know what the front office is thinking about him. So I, I hope I sincerely hope they are um, looking at him as a long-term deal with the Spurs. Yeah, I hope that he ends up being the eventual replacement to Patty Mills. And I mean, his role, like Patty Mills's role, is funny, has never changed. You know what I mean? It's like he's been in the same role for I don't know how eight years, being that primary backup scoring point guard for when you come off the bench your job is to score then facilitate right and i think quindary weatherspoon when patty eventually rides off into the sunset can have that role for us for a long time and, and that's just hey your role is always going to be to come off the bench back up Dejounte or Derek or however the, those those minutes go uh and just you're that next guy and your minutes are going to come and when they do come we expect you to you know do do what he does I love Quindary. I, I agree. He's he's ultimate pro. I feel like he's professional. You know, he's he's probably the most professional rookie that we've had in a little while. He does remind me a lot of Derek White um, from Derek White's final year in Austin. If you look at Derek White's final year in Austin, it's going to blow your mind because you're going to see Derek White hitting all these threes. He's going to look like Steph Curry. If you go look at Derek White in, in, uh, in Austin two seasons ago. Um but Quindary can be that guy, and I agree. There's so much depth. There's so much defensive potential with a lot of these young guys. These young guys just need to grow up. These young guys need yeah. to grow up fast. They need to get yeah. it done because if they don't, same thing is going to happen. Their minutes are going to go to the veteran who knows what the little things are and that and they do them consistently. You know, so if those young guys are ever going to get that type of run, which they are, you know, it's either going to be next season or the year after. I think that's the window that most of us are waiting on. Okay, are we going to get a lot of youth? Most of us thought it was coming this year. We are wrong. I think next. <laughs> I think next year is the year, hopefully. But if it's not, I mean, we we that's the biggest mystery of all because we have so much youth, so much potential, and the thing is, these guys are getting developed. Coach Pop is very hard on all these kids. Like, I mean, we've seen him get over Lonnie and KJ this season. Like, he's ripping them. He's calling a timeout just to rip it and rip them in their face. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah. they're getting coached up, which is great. Now they just need to grow up so they can get their opportunities because it's not just going to be given it given to them like Lonnie Walker. Yeah. But they know that. They know that. I think they all know that, and they just need to keep working hard at it. 
All right, Matt. So thank you for joining us. It was a little bit longer than we would uh, uh, like to hope. I hope we didn't keep you here too long. But Matt, before you go, let our listeners know where they can find you and everything that you got going on. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. I mean, I got nothing else going on right now at the moment. I don't think anybody does. But yeah, yeah so if uh, for all the Spurs fans listening here, check out our site at spursfanblog.com. Um, I team up actually with Spurs Elite from Instagram. I also run the uh, Ginobili Elite, so that's where actually we're doing giveaways. I'll be live, live streaming later. Um, but yeah, just hit up our website. If you like what we see, um, join, subscribe. we doing giveaways, but you have to be a member to be eligible. So if you like what our content is and want to sign up please do other than that you know hit us up on instagram spurs fan blog spurs elite and you know just hopefully we can talk as much spurs as we can keep our mind off the coronavirus going around and just you know hold on and tell the next season all right matt well thank you for for joining us it was a lot of fun man we got to do we got to do a bunch more of these everyone that's listening make sure to go to spursfanblog.com to check out of to check out all the articles that are dropping on the reg. Um, Matt, go Spurs go. We'll catch you on the next episode. Go Spurs go, man. Thanks again. All right. Thank you guys for tuning in. Again, you can get all of our content at buckingspurs.com.